0: my respected elders and my dear brothers and sisters, I welcome all of you with the Islamic greetings. Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace, blessings, and mercy of Almighty Allah be on all of you. The topic of this evening's talk is Quran and modern science, conflict or conciliation the Holy Quran is the last and final revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which was revealed to the last and final messenger Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him for any book to claim that it's a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for any book to claim it's a word of Almighty God it should stand the test of time. It should prove itself to be the word of God in all the ages. Previously, it was the age of miracles, Mojza. A miracle is any unusual event for which. The human beings do not have any explanation. It's any unusual event which is attributed to a supernatural power or almighty God. The Holy Quran is the miracle of miracles. But for a modern man to accept any miracle, he will first analyze and verify it. Alhamdulillah The holy quran proved itself to be a word of God 400 years ago even today it can be analyzed and verified and Even in future and it will always prove itself to be a word of Almighty God It's a miracle of all times Suppose a person says that he has done a miracle I like to give an example of Baba Pilot who said that he stayed underwater in a tank for three days. And when the reporters, when they wanted to examine the base of the tank, he said, how can you examine the womb of the mother which gives birth to the child? And he prevented the reporters from examining the base of the tank. Will a modern man accept such miracles? If such miracles are the test, then you have to agree with me that P.C. Sarkar, who happens to be one of the leading magicians of the world, he will be considered as the best godman alive today. Later on came the age of literature and poetry. Muslims and non-Muslims alike, they acclaim the Holy Quran. To be the best Arabic literature Available on the face of the earth And the Holy Quran gives a challenge In Surah Al-Baqarah Chapter number 2 Verse number 23 and 24 Where it says And if you are in doubt As what we have revealed To our servant from time to time Then produce a surah Somewhat similar to it in kuntum and call forth your witnesses and helpers if there are any besides Allah but if your doubts are truthful and if you cannot wa lam and offer surety you cannot then fear the fire which is prepared for those who reject faith Whose fuel shall be men and stones. For anyone to try and accept this challenge, but natural, the surah they produced should be in Arabic. There are certain surahs which are hardly three verses, hardly three sentences. The surah you produce should be in Arabic. The language should be as divine as that of the Holy Quran, as noble as the Holy Quran. The language of the Holy Quran is miraculous is unsurpassable intelligible it has the highest rhetoric and at the same time it is very rhythmic when anyone wants to praise a person or want to glorify anyone he deviates away from reality and the best example you can see in the Hindi movies, when the hero praises the heroine and he tries to please her and says, chant Sitare honga I will get for you the moon, I will get for you the star. The more you try and praise a person, the more you deviate away from reality. Alhamdulillah. Though the Quran is rhythmic, it does not deviate from reality. There were many people who tried to produce a surah like the Quran. But they failed miserably. No one has been able to do it so far. And no one, inshallah, will be able to do it till eternity. But suppose if I tell you that there's a religious scripture who says in a very poetic fashion that the world is flat. Will a modern man today believe? But naturally, no. Because today is not the age of literature and poetry. Today is the age of science and technology. So let's analyze today the Holy Quran and modern science, whether they conflict or conciliate. The Quran and modern science, whether they contradict or they're compatible. According to the famous physicist Albert Einstein, who had got a Nobel Prize, he said, science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind. I would like to repeat it Albert Einstein said that science without religion is lame and religion without science is blind. I would like to remind you that the Holy Quran is not a book of science. S-C-I-E-N-C-E But it's a book of signs S-I-G-N-S It's a book of ayats And there are more than 6,000 signs Or 6,000 ayats Out of which more than 1,000 speak about science. There are some people Who will be satisfied Just by acquiring one sign Some people require ten signs to accept the truth. Some may require a hundred. While the others, even after you produce a thousand signs to them, yet they will not accept the truth. As far as my talk today will be concerned, I will only be speaking about those scientific facts which have been established. I will not be speaking about theories which are based On assumptions and hypothesis because we know very well that many a time science based on theories and hypothesis it takes u-turns in the field of astronomy if you ask a scientist that how was our universe formed how did it come into existence so he will tell you about the Big Bang Theory that initially the whole universe was one primary nebula. Then there was a secondary separation which gave rise to galaxies which further split to form things such as our solar system which gave rise to planets, the Sun and the present Earth which we live in. I start my talk by quoting a verse of the Holy Qur'an from Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter number 21, verse number 30 which says, Do not the unbelievers see, The heavens and the earth were joined together, and we clove them asunder. This verse of the Holy Qur'an speaks about the Big Bang Theory in a nutshell. Imagine, What we came to know today, the Holy Quran mentions 1400 years ago. And the Quran also says in Surah Fusilat, chapter 41, verse number 11, that moreover, in his design, he comprehended the sky and it had been smoke. And he said to it and the earth, come ye together, willingly or unwillingly. And they said, We come together in willing obedience. The Arabic word used here is "duhan," which means smoke. If you ask a scientist, he will tell you that the universe, before it was formed, the celestial matter, it was in the state of gas. And the Arabic word "duhan," which means smoke is more scientifically correct than mere gas. And according to Stephen Hawkins, who's a very famous scientist, he said, the discovery of bridges of matter in the space is the biggest discovery of the century, which gives us undisputable evidence of the creation of the universe and the Big Bang Theory. Previously, the people thought, that the world we live in, it is flat, And they were afraid to venture too far, lest they would fall over. It was only in 1597, when Sir Francis Drake, when he sailed around the earth, he proved that the world was spherical. The Quran mentions, in Surah al chapter number 31, verse number 29, It is Allah that merges the night unto the day, and merges the day unto the night. Merging is a slow and gradual process. The night slowly and gradually changes to day, and the day slowly and gradually changes to night. This phenomena is only possible if the shape of the earth is spherical. It's not possible if it's flat. If it was flat, there will be a sudden change. The Quran says in Surah Al-Zumr, chapter number 39, verse number 5, it says, It is Allah who has created the heavens and the earth in true proportion, And He overlaps and coils the night unto the day and overlaps or coils the day unto the night. The Arabic word used is kawara, which means overlapping or coiling. How you coil a turban around the head. How you overlap a turban around the head. This phenomena of the night overlapping and coiling over the day is only possible if the shape of the earth is spherical. It's not possible if the shape of the earth is flat. There will be a sudden change. The Holy Quran further says in Surah Naziyat, chapter number 79, verse number 30, it says, And thereafter we have made the earth egg shaped The Arabic word comes from the root word dhuya, meaning an egg shape. And it does not refer to any normal egg, it specifically refers to the egg of an ostrich. And today we know. That the world is not completely round like a ball It is geospherical It's slightly flattened from the top And bulging from the center It's geospherical And if you analyze the shape of the egg of an ostrich It too is geospherical Slightly flattened from the top And bulging from the center So the Holy Quran describes the exact geospherical earth 1400 years ago Previously, we thought that the light of the moon is its own light. It's recently we discovered that the light of the moon is reflected light of the sun. The Quran says in Surah furqan chapter number 25, verse number 61, Blessed is he who has created the constellations in the sky and placed therein a lamp and moon having borrowed light. The Quran says in Surah Yunus, chapter number 10, verse number 5, it is Allah who has created the sun as a shining glory and the moon having a reflection of light. The similar message is repeated in Surah Nu, chapter 71, verse number 15 and 16. The Arabic word for sun is Shams. It's always described either as Siraj, meaning a torch, or Wahaj, meaning a blazing lamp, or diyah, meaning a shining glory. The moon, the Arabic word is Kamar, it's always described as munir, meaning borrowed light, or noor, which is a reflection of light. Nowhere is the moonlight described as siraj or wahaj or dia. Always as munir or noor that's borrowed light or a reflection of light. The Quran says in Surah Tariq, chapter number eighty six. Verse number three, Najm Saqib, Arabic word, for the star is Najm. is described as Saqib. Its light is described as Saqib. It pierces the darkness and consumes itself. Previously, the Europeans, they thought that the earth stood dead in the center of the universe, and all the planets, including the sun, it revolved around the earth. It was known as the theory of geocentrism. It was believed by Ptolemy in the 2nd century BC and was believed till as late as 16th century until Copernicus said that the Earth and the planets revolve around the sun. And later on, in 1609, Johannes Kepler wrote in his book Astronomia Novia that not only do the Earth and the planets revolve around the Sun they also rotate about their own axis When I was in school I had learned that the earth and the planets they rotate about their axis But I was taught that the Sun was fixed. It did not rotate about its own axis But the Holy Quran says in Surah al anbiya chapter number 21 verse number 33 it says it is Allah who has created the night and the day. The sun and the moon. Each one traveling in orbit with its own motion. The Arabic word, yasbahun is derived from the word, sabaha, which describes the motion of a moving body. If I say that a man is doing sabaha on the ground, it will not mean that he's rolling, it will mean he's either walking or running. If I say a person is doing sabaha in the water, it will not mean he is floating, it will mean he's swimming. Similarly, when the Quran uses the word yasbahun, derived from sabaha, for a celestial body, it will not mean it is flying, it will mean it is rotating about its own axis. And today we have come to know with the help of an equipment we can have the image of the Sun on a tabletop and we see there are black spots and it takes approximately 25 days for these black spots to complete one rotation indicating that the Sun takes approximately 25 days to complete one rotation can you imagine the Quran speaks about the rotation and the revolution of the sun, 1400 years ago, which science has discovered today. The Holy Quran says in Surah Yasin, chapter number 36, verse number 40, it is not permitted for the sun to catch up with the moon, nor the night to outstrip the day. Kulun fi falaki as bahoon, each one traveling in orbit with its own motion. What does the Quran mean by saying It is not permitted for the sun to catch up with the moon Previously people thought that the orbit of the sun and the moon was same But Quran gives the indication No, the orbit of the sun and the moon is different The question of catching up does not arise And each of them, the sun and the moon They rotate as well as revolve the Quran says in Surah Yasin, chapter number 36, verse number 38, that the sun is running its course to a place determined for a period determined. The Arabic word mustakar means to a place determined, for a period determined. Today science has come to know that the sun, along with the solar system, it is going towards a point in the universe which the scientists call as the solar apex. And it's moving at a speed of 12 miles per second. And it's going to a point which they call as a point in the constellation of Hercules. This same message is repeated in Surah Radh, chapter number 13, verse number 2. In Surah Fatir, chapter number 35, verse number 13. In Surah al chapter number 31, verse number 29, as well as in Surah Al-Zumr, chapter number 39, verse number 5, it says that the sun and the moon runs its course for a period determined. The Quran says in Surah Dhariyat, chapter number 51, verse number 47, that it is we who have constructed with power and skill the firmaments. And it's we who make the vastness and the expanding universe. The Arabic word, Musi'una, means expanding universe, the vastness of space. Erwin Eho, who is a famous scientist, he discovered and said that the universe is expanding. The galaxies are receding from one another, which the Quran has mentioned. 1400 years ago there may be some people who say it's nothing great that the Holy Quran speaks about astronomy since the Arabs they were very well advanced in the field of astronomy I would like to bring to the notice that it was centuries after the Holy Quran was revealed that the Arabs became advanced in astronomy so it was the Quran that the Arabs learned about astronomy and not the vice versa In the field of physics there was a theory known as atomism that atom is the smallest part of matter which cannot be divided this theory was propounded by democrats the greeks 23 centuries ago and it was also known to the arabs and the arabic word for atom is zarrah but today after science has advanced we have come to know that though atom is the smallest Particle of matter having the characteristic of the element, it yet can be divided into electrons, protons, etc. So, people may think that the Quran is outdated. The Quran does speak about Zarra and says it's a minute particle, but nowhere does it say that it cannot be divided. In fact, the Quran says in Surah Saba, chapter number 34, verse number 3, it says that when the unbelievers say, that the hour will never come Tell them It will surely come with the permission of the Lord Who has the knowledge of the unseen Who has in his record The minutest detail Of an atom In the heaven and in the earth And in his record is propitious Things smaller and greater than the atom The so Quran says there are things smaller and greater than the atom So Quran is not outdated, it is up-to-date. The similar message is repeated in Surah Yunus, chapter number 10, verse number 61, that in Allah's record is propitious things smaller and greater than the atom. In the field of geography, we learn in school about the coherent water cycle. This was first described by Sir Bernard Palissy in 1580 and he said how does water evaporate from the ocean forms clouds the clouds move in the interior how does it fall as rain the rain water flows into the ocean and the cycle is completed previously people thought in the 7th century bc phase of mellitus he said that the spray of the ocean was picked up by the wind and it fell into the interior as rain People did not know how did the underground water, the springs, where did they come from. So, they thought that due to the pressure of the winds on the water, the thrust of the winds on the water, it fell into the interior as rain. And this rainwater seeped into the soil and returned to the ocean through a secret passage, the abyss, which was known at the time of the plateau as Tartarus. People believed in this theory of Descartes, even till as late as 17th century. And philosophers like Aristotle's theory was believed till as late as 19th century, that water vapor evaporated from the soil, it condensed in mountain cavern, and these mountain caverns formed lakes which fed the spring water. Today we know that the underground water, the springs, it is due to the seepage of the rain water. And the Quran says that in Surah Al-Zumur. Chapter number 39, verse number 21. Fears down not that it is Allah who sends down rain from the sky and seeps it in the sources in the ground, in the springs in the earth, and causes sown fields of various colors to grow. The message is repeated in Surah Room, chapter number 30, verse number 24. Allah sends down rain and dead earth brings it back to life. The Quran says in Surah muminun chapter number 23, verse number 18, that it is Allah who sends down rain in due measure. We are able to store it and we are also able to easily drain it. The Quran says in Surah Al-Hijar, chapter number 15, verse number 22, it says that we send fecundating winds, wind impregnating, and cause rain to descend from the sky and give you water in due measure. The Arabic word, Lawaki, used here, is the plural of Lakhi, derived from Lakaha, which means to impregnate or to fecundate. The winds carrying the pollen they impregnate the clouds and then rain falls. The wind causes the clouds to merge. There's condensation, there's lightning, and rain falls from the clouds the Quran describes the complete water cycle how does the water evaporate how it forms clouds how it moves in the interior how it falls down how it flows back into the ocean in several places in Surah Nur, chapter number 24 verse number 43 in Surah Naba chapter number 78 verse number 12 to 14 as well as in Surah Room chapter number 30 verse number 48 the Holy Quran says in Surah Nur. Chapter number 24, verse number 43 That we send mountain masses of clouds What does the Quran mean by saying We send mountain masses of clouds Today, if anyone has been traveling in an aeroplane He will realize that when the aeroplane goes above the clouds And he looks at the clouds beneath He will see that the clouds appear as mountain masses Quran has said this 1400 years ago there wasn't an the aeroplane 400 years ago. Quran describes hydrology and water cycle in several places in great detail. It's mentioned in Surah Al-Imran, chapter number 3, verse number 9. In Surah Araf, chapter number 7, verse number 57. In Surah Rod, chapter number 13, verse number 17. In Surah Furqan, chapter number 25, verse number 48 and 49. In Surah Fatir, chapter number 35, verse number 9. In Surah Yaseen, chapter number 36, verse number 34. In Surah Jashia, chapter number 45, verse number 5. In Surah Qaf, chapter number 50, verse number 9 and 10. In Surah Waqiah, chapter number 56, verse number 68 to 70. As well as in Surah Mulk, chapter number 67, verse number 30. The Quran describes the hydrology and water cycle in great detail. Let's discuss the field. Of geology today the geologists they tell us that the earth we live on the outer crust it's hard and solid and the deeper layers they're hot and fluid and inhospitable for the existence of living creatures the geologists they tell us The outer crust is very thin, hardly 1 to 10 miles, less than 1% of the radius of the earth, which is 3,750 miles. And the outer crust is very thin, and there are high possibilities of it shaking.